You are listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast, episode 260, Raising Good Humans Every Day with Hunter Clark Fields. This is Less Drama, More Mama, the podcast for moms who want to feel calm, in control, and confident about how to handle anything life throws their way. If you're ready to go from feeling frazzled and disrespected to feeling calm and connected, this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Pam Howard. Hello, Mama. Welcome to the podcast. Happy August. The day this episode airs, I will be in Georgia at Experience Camps, which is a grief camp for kids who have lost a parent, sibling, or primary caregiver. I've talked about the camp on the podcast several times before. And this will be my fifth year as a grief specialist there. And it's such an amazing, amazing camp. If you know anyone who would benefit from going to a camp like this, check out their website at experiencecamps.org. They have locations all around the US and it is free to all who go there. It really is a magical place. Now on to today's interview. I'm so fortunate to have Hunter Clark Fields back on the show. Hunter is a mindfulness mentor the host of the Mindful Mama podcast, a global speaker, number one bestselling author of Raising Good Humans, a mindfulness meditation teacher and creator of the Mindful Parenting Course and teacher training. She has over 20 years of experience in meditation and yoga practices and has taught mindfulness to thousands worldwide. She presents talks on parenting, is a certified teacher of parent effectiveness training, and helps moms bring more calm and family cooperation into their daily lives. In addition, Hunter coaches smart, accomplished, overstressed individuals on how to cultivate mindfulness. She's the mother of two active daughters who challenge her every day to hone her craft. We're talking about Hunter's brand new book that hits shelves today, August 1st, and she gives us a little peek into some of the tips and strategies that are in it. I can't wait for you to listen. So please enjoy my interview with Hunter Clark Fields. Welcome, Hunter, back to the show. It's been a while. Yes, I'm so glad to be here. It's nice to see see you again. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, you were here in episode 70, and now we're we're almost 200 episodes from that. So (laughs) we're almost at at 270 coming up soon. So yeah, it's been a while, but... um, so happy to have you back and and to talk about your new book that's coming out. So what, first of all, why don't you just introduce yourself briefly? I'm going to link to the, the original interview that you and I did a while back. I'll link to that in the show notes so people can hear more about you. But tell us about yourself. Sure. Um, I'm Hunter Clark Fields. I'm the creator of Mindful Parenting. I'm the host of the Mindful Mama podcast, and I'm the author of Raising Good Humans, and then now Raising Good Humans Every Day, 50 Simple Ways to Press Pause, Stay Present and Connect with Your Kids. And yeah, and then, you know, that's the, that's the byline. And okay. of course, mom of two kids who keep me on my toes. Yeah. And how old are they now? <laughs> 16 and 13. That's right. That's right. They're, they're both one year uh, younger than my kids. So, oh. yeah. Awesome. Okay. So you're now into the teen years. So tell us, how is this book? So you have Raising Good Humans and now Raising Good Humans Every Day. What's mm-hmm. the difference? 
Um, how is this book different from the first one? And, and why did you decide to write it? Well, with Raising Good Humans, I really wanted to get to like the most essential practical skills that we need. And that, you know, that I really see as like all these tools to regulate ourselves, right? To do our own emotional regulation, to be steadier, those mindfulness tools, and then skillful communication. And I got to get into a little bit about some other things at the end. But with Raising Good Humans Every Day, I got to kind of expand on that because it's this cool format of these 50 short chapters. So each chapter is like three or four pages. And, you know, I've been doing the Mindful Mama podcast for like 10 years now. And I have all this information about all these other things. So I got to expand into like, um, like our schedules, our household, uh, you know, our different choices, our mindsets, all these various things that I've discovered are so, so important to just having a, a better experience for parents and of course, raising, you know, more confident kids and things like that. So the idea with this was I get to, I get to go into all the places I want to go into with these, it's these 50 short chapters that you can just kind of dive into at any point. They're really actionable. You can read like three or four pages and then be ready to go. Like, you know, and probably you get this too. Like as a podcast host, I would get these, I'll get, sometimes I'll, people send me these books. It's like 400 pages of text <laughs> and you're like, Oh my God, what parent has time to read this? So I really want it to be like something that you can gift another parent and be really, really friendly and easy. And I think that's what I do well is distill a lot of information down and, you know, with a story and with, you know, a way to make it actionable. Yeah. And I love those kinds of books. I remember, you know, as a young adult, I guess, um, reading Life's Little Instruction book. Do you remember mm -hmm. that one? I didn't no? have that one, oh, but gosh, I've, I've had similar, great. I'm sure. It's such a great book. And um, yeah, or like, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. Yes, that, I had Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. Yeah. And it's all small stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So those kinds of books, I love those. Um, all right, great. So tell us, can you give us some examples of maybe like, you know, a handful of examples of what's in the book, what some of the strategies that are in there? Sure. So, it, you know, in the beginning, it's more... Um, like I definitely want to give people like those, like, oh my God, you know, the triage kind of tools, you know? So I, I talk about tactical breathing, um, it, you know, which is what the Navy SEALs use to, to calm their, regulate their stress response and be able to use their whole brain and take action in a difficult moment. And, um, I bring in tools from, um, you know, from my teacher, Thich Nhat Hanh and the Plum Village community. And I love their, they're like a mountain solid meditation. Um, and, and then I, I talk about things like how to pause, you know, that was always, I was always so frustrated with like advice, which was like step one, pause, and then right. do blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, but how, how do you do that? So I talk about how Can you tell to, us, can you tell us how to pause? Uh, yeah, sure, 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 okay. sure. So the thing about pausing mm -hmm. is that the key to actually doing it when you know, the beep goes down. Mm -hmm. Is that, is that <laughs> we want to be able to actually practice it in the calm moments. So we want to take a moment and practice pausing in everyday life. So the idea is you read the chapter and then you take that week and that's what you focus on. And so your kid asks you a question and instead of like auto reply, you take a breath in, you take a breath out. 
and then you reply, right? And so before getting in the car, you practice pausing. And it kind of goes into a little more detail on, you know, sort of like what you can do kind of in those moments of pause. But it's basically the the key to, to being able to pause in the hard moments is pausing, practice practicing it in the in the other moments. I love um, that. Yeah, that's great. But, it, you know, there's lots of things like about our mindset around mistakes, how to be playful, how to like not shout, stop yelling and how to take care of our homes and, and, you know, um, et cetera, love more, care less. So there were like different things like love more, care less was a was chapter 45. And it was a, something I heard Dr. Shafali say to me a long, long time ago in an in-person talk. And I was like, oh my God, this just needs its own chapter. Cause the whole idea of, of us just like, um, you know, our, our mindset of loving our children, um, but giving them a little bit of space to be themselves and giving them, you know, giving them that some stretches of autonomy and, you know, times when we're not hovering over them. So their actions don't become performative, you know, and things like that. So, um, yeah, that's kind of like a peppering of, of some of the different things in there, how to be less busy. Ooh, that sounds good. So yeah. Can you, can you share with us, like, how can moms, cause I know my listeners and a lot of my clients, you know, they feel overwhelmed. They feel there's not enough time to get everything done and they want to be more present with their kids, but they, they just don't know how to fit it in. So how can you, what can you tell us about being more present instead of trying to multitask and fit in a million activities every day? This is such an important question because, you know, like this is the step back and and look at the, you know, perspective question, because the thing is like, we are often, we're, we're just trained, like the moms, like we're, we're trained to achieve, right? We've gotten the good grades, we've, we've gotten the things done, we get the jobs and then we get to parenting and we're like, we're gonna get the A. And so sometimes it's like, then we're doing the classes. Oh, and you have to take baby swimming class. And oh, you're not doing a music class. And, you know, we're doing all these things. Oh, you haven't taken your kid to Disney World. Oh, okay. So we're planning these things. We got the, you know, we're doing the meal planning, all of this stuff. And it's like all these boxes we're checking off to be worthy and to be good enough. And the thing is like, we're planning and planning and planning. And then it's like, okay. And then when I get to this this Mexican vacation with my kids, then I'm going to be able to be present mm-hmm. and enjoy this moment. And then you get to this moment and you can't because you've been training your brain day in and day out to go, 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 do, do, do. And so you finally get to a moment where you don't want to go. You don't want to do, you want to be present and you literally can't because you have been, that's how you've been training your brain. So And the thing is like this presence, right? Like Dan Siegel's come on my podcast twice and said, this is like the number one thing for kids' well-being is parents' ability to be present, right? And this this presence is what our kids really want and need from us. They don't want us to be running around like a chicken with their heads cut off doing all the things. They want us to be at ease, to be relaxed and have enough spaciousness in our lives to be able to really see them, really hear them, you know, and, and, and to be present, like you, how can you love your child if you are not there? Like that's the present moment is the only place where you can love your child. Right. And we're always, we're kind of like always on this autopilot mode. So the, 
you know, this is a theme that I go back to many times throughout the book and different ways of kind of attacking it. But, um, but the, the key again to this practice is practicing it, you know, every day, not Mm -hmm. all the time, not a hundred percent of the time, because actually like there's research about, uh, parents and, and who are more present and for their kids and like the very best, the very best parents in the research, the the best ones were like 30% of the time. It was like 30% of the time. So, but the idea is like, we want to be able to practice this every day a little bit. And we can't practice it if we wake up in the morning and we grab the phone or we're, we hit the ground running and we're doing all the things, right? We have to make habits and practices in our life. Doesn't have to be a lot. Like I promise you have five minutes on social media. I bet you do if you're listening to this, right? Yeah. If you have five minutes on social media, you could close the door to the bathroom for like a two more minutes extra and like set a timer on your phone and practice stopping, practice breathing, practice putting your hand to your heart and putting your feet on the ground and feeling your connection to the earth and just getting to know who you are, developing your awareness. You could do that for two minutes and that will make a difference. It mm-hmm. really will. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll set you up to build something from that as well that you know that can be even more effective. But it really is about, like I, I get so many clients like in mindful parenting who are like, who who stop because it isn't like, 15 minutes or they're not doing, you know what I mean? And you have to be, you have to say, okay, I need like a minimum, really minimal kind of thing. Like, can I sit on the edge of my bed or my child's bed for 60 seconds and Mm -hmm. just breathe and not do anything, practice not doing Yeah. For, for 60 seconds. And that, that really can, can make an impact. And I, I promise it really, really can. Yeah, I love that. I actually did a, a podcast a couple of weeks ago called 31 Ways to Connect with Your Kids in 10 Minutes or Less. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, same kind of idea where it's just like, this doesn't take a long time. It, it's so important. Um, but I love what you're saying too, just like being still, being present and 60 seconds starting there, you know, starting where you can. You don't have to be perfect at it. You said so many things that I want to comment on here. One, when you were talking about, um, you know, checking off all the boxes and making sure your kid goes to Disney and all these things, it, it made me think about how we we think that we have to expose our kids to all these different opportunities before they're 18, before they leave us, as though they're never going to have other opportunities and experiences beyond that. You know, it's so interesting. No, it's true. Like, and just for the record, I, I never took my kids. <laughs> it's okay. And, and then I offered it like a year ago. Yeah. It's like, okay, maybe you guys are still into, you know, like would still like Harry Potter world. And do you want to go? And then at that point, they were like, oh, it sounds kind of stressful, all the lines <laughs> stuff like that. I was like, oh, yes. It's God. so different when you when you grow up in Florida, <laughs> I have to say. It's right here. And so oh, then, yeah, yeah. Like, That's people in Florida are just like fanatics about it, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's totally whole- okay. It's a whole different story for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah. And then there was something else you mentioned um, 
I can't remember right off the top of my head. We're both having a a mutual mind blanking. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, shoot. It was good too. I was like trying to write stuff down, but you were saying checking off the boxes and stuff like that at first. Well, can I comment on that piece, the checking off the boxes piece? Yeah. Because I think, I think that, you know, we go, go, go and do, do, do so that we can be good enough. Right. So that we can be worthy. Mm-hmm. because we there's this fundamental like insecurity of being human right and especially for women who are girls and who are told you have to be pretty you have to achieve and do all these things to be worthy um and i think that's an important thing to examine you know and yeah. if that is kind of like like that statement's kind of feeling like a niggling truth for you like look at it and journal about it and and sit with it because the thing is that as we kind of check off all those boxes and go, go, go and do, do, do to feel worthy, we're teaching our kids that that's what they have to do too. Cause mm-hmm. that's what they're watching us. They're, mm-hmm. they're, you're their model for how to be a human in the world. And so they end up like distracting themselves into like, you know, not being able to be present either. So there's that piece too, the modeling piece. Yeah. I remember what I was going to say before, which was, you know, you're talking about how kids really want us to be present. And I remember times when I was a young mom of Marissa telling me, mom, put down your phone or, Mm -hmm. or literally grabbing my cheek and turning my face towards (laughs) her. Like, look at me, look at me, you know, and it's true. And even now, I mean, she's 17, but there are so many times when that's just what she, she just wants to be with me and to, and to have my full attention. And so, yeah, I mean, those are the, and even when I I'm tired and I don't feel like I want to be present with her. Like I know how important it is. And so I just like, I say to myself, this is an opportunity for you. Don't, don't miss it. You know, you're tired, but so what? Like if Oprah Winfrey came to your door, you would, you wouldn't be too tired for her, you know? (laughs) So, yeah. So it's so important to pay attention to when your kids are asking for that connection and to try and give it to them. And, and really like, every time they talk to you, they're asking for that connection. It's kind of interesting, you know, like, and you're not going to be able to give it to them every time, obviously, but you know, if you can, that helps a lot. You know, my, um, my daughters are 13 and 16 and they talk to me now about stuff because they know I'll listen to them. And that was a, that was something I started when they were like four and talking to me about, their whole my little pony scenario that they were doing that was you know i was like oh god this is boring as all heck <laughs> you know i tried to be present and listen for that and now they talk to me and they listen to me and and the other thing is like it doesn't like we think we have to be so perfect right we think we have to be we don't we have to be ourselves and we have to be a present i think those are the really the things that that our kids want from us and that's what they need like we don't even know have to know how to have to know how to solve all their problems like you don't have to know how to solve every single problem my oldest daughter like about maybe just a, a a year ago, she was kind of upset over something with swim team and with me and my husband. And she wanted us to, she was like, God, she, she got herself, she was like crying and she was yelling and, you know, she was just upset and I felt uncomfortable. So at first I was like kind of standing near her, like sweeping the entryway uh-huh. as she said these things to my husband. And then I was like, okay, I'm, I'm just 
taking action to avoid being with this discomfort. And so then I sat next to her and I tried to kind of put my arms around her and she like pushed my hand away and didn't want that. So then I just sat next to her, like my body was touching, you know, we were just sitting side by side and I didn't do anything except just breathe like, and practice being present, practice to notice what I'm feeling in my body, practice to breathe, practice to hear her, just calm, you know, be that calm mountain, steady myself. And that's what she needed. You know, it wasn't thought that she didn't want me to fix it. She didn't want, she wanted me to listen. You know, it was like that practice of becoming, being authentically in yourself, being listening that can provide it's amazing the power of the relief it can provide when we don't take it upon ourselves to fix the other person or, you know, just, it's really is like, just be you, be authentically you, not like, like the role of the perfect mom and, and really listen. Like that is a, a powerful healing tool. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. Can you give an example of one of the breathing exercises in your book um, and maybe like guide us through it? Sure. Um, so one I like right now that I'm using actually in the mornings because uh-huh. it's, we've been noticing my husband had an issue with like panic attacks over the last year and has mm-hmm. been really helping him um, is one that Dr. Andrew Weil taught. Mm-hmm. And I really love this one. So it has a little breath hold. If you don't like that, just skip that part. That's totally fine. And But the idea is that you, it's a longer exhale. And what happens with that is that um, each the way to, a way to think about it is that each inhale in the body is kind of like a mini fight, flight, or freeze stress response. Each exhale is a mini rest and relax response, the opposite in the body. So we kind of go around and our stress kind of builds up all day. And this is a way to kind of take that level down. Okay. And it's it's simple. So all you do is you just take a deep breath in for four, hold for seven, and then exhale for eight. Hmm. We'll try two more times. Inhale four. Hold for seven. Three, four, five, six, seven. Exhale for eight. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And one more time. Inhale for four. Hold. And then exhale for eight. Oh, that's so nice. You can probably feel the difference, right? You can probably Absolutely. feel right away how your yeah. your shoulders are a little further down your back. You're just a little less tense. And yeah. so I'm I'm doing that for a few minutes every morning. Mm-hmm. And you could do a round of four breaths like that or around eight breaths like that. And that is like can be a really great practice to just like, once again get you out of going get you into being, feel your body and, and kind of let help you be less reactive with your kids. What's the, I mean, I don't know if there's an answer to this, but like, what's the, is there science behind those numbers of four, seven and eight or, or are they random? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't know about the research. I don't know all the research behind the four, seven, eight breath. Um, so that is one for you to to dive okay. into a little <laughs> bit long, a little bit more on yourself. But um, what it does is, you know, in, you know, this idea, our stress response, right? The science does show that our stress response 
it when it happens, when we're triggered and, and we're losing it, right? It's bypassing the upper part of our brain, which mm-hmm. is our prefrontal cortex, which is a little slower. And it's involved with um, verbal ability, impulse control, problem solving, right? Like think about that, like problem solving, mm-hmm. verbal ability and impulse control. Like this is what we need to mm-hmm. parent well in those moments. <laughs> and so in order to like not have your brain hijacked, calming your stress response, regulating yourself becomes like, it's the foundation for doing anything you want to do as a parent, right? To being able to choose your response rather than be on autopilot. Mm -hmm. So it it really is the foundation. Um, And so, yeah, those, all those practices that regulate the stress response really help with that. And then a mindfulness practice to kind of take it a step further with the the science of that, which I know people are like, oh my God, but really can be very small. Anyway, um, a mindfulness practice, they've shown that after someone doing about eight weeks of a mindfulness practice, that it literally makes smaller, literally, literally shrinks the um, amygdala, which is the seat of the stress response in the body mm-hmm. and makes it, sh- makes it shrink and actually um, shrinks the connection between that and the rest of the body and the nervous system. And it actually makes the PFC, right? Uh, problem solving, verbal ability, impulse control actually makes that more dense. So it's actually sort of changing the structures of the brain over time. Mm, awesome. Yeah. And those breathing ex- activities are are great to do with your kids too. I mean, yeah. especially like little kids, they love, they love that sort of thing. Um, yeah. Just the key is yeah. don't make my mistake. Okay. So my, my kids are teenagers now and they're, they're, they're hopefully kind of getting over their allergy to mindfulness, yes. but, but because I made the mistake of like trying to introduce these practices in challenging moments, mm. don't do that. Okay. Introduce the practices in the calm moments before bedtime. Yes. It's something yes. fun and, you know, inviting and invitational and things like that. It's really like anything, right? If we want our kids to help out around with dinner in the kitchen, right? We have to make it inviting and mm-hmm. pleasant and fun. You know, we don't want yeah. to make it something that they're associating with like a challenge. Yeah. Thank you for that. That's a great, a great piece of advice. Anything else you want to share, particularly that's in the book that you want to highlight? Hmm. Well, I think that um, I one thing that I really like is, you know, the idea of how do we talk to, I have two chapters. Well, I'll let you decide. Okay. I have one on how to talk to little kids and one on how to talk to teenagers. Ooh. And which would you prefer? Oh my how gosh. To- oh, it's so hard to choose. <laughs> I don't want half my audience to be upset with me. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, okay. Let's go with the little kids. Okay. Little kids. Okay. So the thing about little kids, right. Is that we talk to little kids at like, like we have this cultural tendency, right. To completely talk down to little kids. And mm-hmm. if you, if dear listener, if you have a little kid, especially a toddler, you need to do this, like record yourself for 20 minutes on your phone, audio record, and just listen back. Mm-hmm. How many commands are you giving your child? Mm-hmm. Like don't do this, do that, get up, get down, get in the car, put your shoes on, right? Like just listen, because Mm -hmm. we are doing this kind of all the time. So we have this tendency to really sort of talk down to kids and this can be frustrating. um, And it's like 
for kids, they're having a sort of massive amount of brain development. And we actually kind of want to model, um, we want to think about what are we modeling, right? And so that was the thing for me. I was like, oh, I saw my older child barking orders at her sister. And I was like, right. oh, yes, I remember those days. Yeah, That's what I sound like. That's not great, <laughs> right? So some of the tips I have for, for talking to little kids um, are to A, be yourself, right? Like just be authentic. Um, don't don't, you know, don't necessarily refer to yourself in the third person as in like mommy's mm. mo- mommy's doing this, come take, you know, just be you. It's okay for you to be you as a person. Okay. And you're, you know, as they grow, they're going to learn you're an individual with wants and needs. And that's good. That's a good thing. Right. So just speak simply and honestly, like if you don't know why the sky is blue, that's <laughs> totally fine. You know, just, I don't know, let's go home and look that up later. Like, huh you know, and simply too, like we just talk way too much sometimes to little kids, like, and then they start learn to tune us out. So, you know, we just want to keep our kids development in mind, of course. And then of course, the big one is connect before you correct, Mm -hmm. like crouch down, put the phone down, turn your body towards their body, crouch down, touch a shoulder, get the eye contact, connect and wait until you have their attention before, you know, you have to say like, you you maybe are going to acknowledge some feelings or make some kind of correction or whatever. Right. Then be positive. Like little kids are like, don't do this. Don't do that. No, no. You know, we're doing all these things. So instead of stop running, say walk, please. Right. Tell them what you want to do. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Instead of, um, you know, don't, you know, you could say, I like it when blah, blah, blah. Right. So that's kind of like a formula you can use. And then generally like say, please, thank you. And sorry, like apologize to your kid. That's how they're going to learn to apologize. Say please. And thank you, you know, to them, you know, rather than prompting them constantly to say please. And thank you. Um, And then finally, just like listen attentively, listen, if you can more than you talk because they're gonna, that is what really builds that connection and makes them want to cooperate with you. Yeah. Well, I hope that the parents of teens out there are not too disappointed because I think Uh, all of these things can be used with our teenagers too, to be honest. Um, You know, the thing you said about recording yourself, I was thinking just the, the act of recording yourself kind of changes your behavior because you know it's happening. So it would be interesting if you ask a friend or a, mm, or your partner mm. or someone else to do it when you don't know it's happening. Um, <laughs> Ooh, that's that, so that way it's <laughs> maybe more real. Yeah. Also, when you said, you know, sometimes we talk too much and our kids tune us out. I remember this time when Marissa was a like a toddler and she was in the backseat of the car and I was just talking and talking and talking. And then I asked her a question and she didn't answer. And I turned around and she was asleep. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just talked her ear off until she fell asleep. So, oh, fun times. Maybe your voice was so soothing. Oh, well that, that is true. I hear that a lot from my podcast listeners. So there you go. Um, <laughs> no, but those were great, great tips. Um, so for people who read the book, and I hope everybody listening will 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 definitely buy a copy of the book and they want more support implementing the tools and ideas in it. How do they work with you? What kinds of programs do you offer? 
Yeah. I mean, well, a great next step after reading the book is that we have the mindful parenting course and membership. Mm -hmm. And that's great because not only does it take you through the whole process of the most essential skills, we, we actually give like one-on-one coaching to every single person. We have all this dropping coaching. So you could just ask me your questions, right? So we can get, get that feedback. And so I love that. And for for the people who are, you know, in the Mindful Mama podcast is a great free way to kind of dive in and get some some ideas and, and all these things. I have like, um, I have um, on our coaching sessions you can apply for. And, and then for the people who have been, who are junkies and have been doing this for a long time and, and just want to share it, um, we've been actually like expanding the Mindful Parenting Teacher Training Program and it's going around the world. And so people are teaching mindful parenting in their local communities. So those are sort of the, like the three avenues that are best. Amazing. Okay. Is there anything else you want to add before we go? I guess I just should say you can find all of that at mindfulmamamentor.com. That would probably be like a logical thing to say. <laughs> but I guess, I mean, before we go, I guess I would say that, you know, this, this, it, we're talking about this all in a very lighthearted way, but I just want to say it's really hard. Mm-hmm. It's really, really hard. We're in a transition time where we're moving away from like the harmful authoritarian, um, you know, st- structures of the past. And that's really good. But that also means we're in transition time where you may not know exactly how to respond to your kids. You may, you know, you want to, you want to keep close connection with them, but you don't want to be that harsh, mean parent. And that's a hard place to navigate. And it's okay that it's hard. It was super hard for me. It was super hard for me, which is why I wrote these books, which you'll read it. If you get into them, you'll see like how I struggled. <laughs> there are plenty of stories about that. And and it's also okay for you to be human. It's You have permission to be human as you navigate this. There's We live in a... If you're in the United States, you're in a country with zero support and safety nets for families and parents that doesn't support new parents at all, and unlike other countries. And and so, you know, we're talking about your stress response. I don't want you to feel guilty. There's a lot stacked up against you. You have permission to be human. You can always, always begin anew. You can always, always start again. And that is a message that I I, I really want parents to hear. Love it. Okay. Thank you so much. Congratulations on this book. I'm so excited for you. And, um, and, and I hope you'll come back again sometime. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And congratulations to you for having so many episodes and this amazing podcast. It's really been a pleasure, Pam. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. If you enjoy listening to this podcast and you're ready to feel calmer, more confident, and more at peace in your family and life, I invite you to sign up for a free consultation with me to learn about how my coaching can help you achieve the exact life you want. You'll take the concepts and tools I share in the podcast and apply them to your own life. And as your coach, I'll be there to support you every step of the way. Go to lessdramamoremama.com forward slash mini and sign up now.